Money FM 89.3. Best of the evening runway. Regional Roundup. Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon. It is the evening runway. I'm Elliot Danker. Time now to take a look at some headlines from around the region. Possible repercussions from the West on Malaysia for defending the Palestinian cause to Indonesia for the first time in 15 years, having three pairs to choose from to be their next president and vice president. Helping me out with these headlines, Adip Zalkapli, who is the director of Bauer Group Asia. Adip, good afternoon. How are you? Hi, good afternoon. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we've got quite a bit to get through. Let's first talk about this situation in Malaysia. Thousands of people rallying in Kuala Lumpur to express solidarity with Palestinians amid Israel's ongoing bombardment of Gaza. The Prime Minister there, Anwar Ibrahim, expecting repercussions from the West for defending the Palestinian cause. What kind of repercussions could we see? I, I guess, more importantly, how does this affect the economics of things? Yeah, I think... Firstly, right, I think Malaysia's position, I think for the last, for many decades, has always been to tie with the Palestinians. You know, Malaysia doesn't even recognize the state of Israel. And that is also the expectation of I think, the, the voters as well, domestic audience. So it's important to look at that speech last night from the uh, context of domestic politics. I mean, the speech was delivered to you know, a very large domestic audience that filled up an, an indoor stadium in KL. One is, I think it's, like I said, it's for uh, domestic political consumption. Domestically, he is under a lot of criticisms, under attacks from opposition for allegedly not doing enough mm. uh, for the Palestinian cause, despite spending a lot of his time over the last one or two weeks uh, traveling to the Middle East, yeah. meeting with leaders. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so that is, I think, the important context of that speech. Okay. Could any pressure in any form come in a sense, you know, wanting Malaysia to stop all actions related to this conflict uh, in the Middle East? Yeah, I, I mean, like I said, uh, I mean, Malaysia's position has always been consistent the, on the Palestinian issue. Okay. And so far, there has not been any economic repercussion. Mm. I don't think uh, Malaysia's trading partners, uh, whoever they are, would put this as a, as a precondition to trade. So there has never been an issue. Right. I think uh, Malaysia's uh, trading partners, whether in the West or or in, in Asia, could look at Malaysia's foreign policy independent of the uh, trade uh, activities. All right, uh, Adib, let's uh, turn our attention to Indonesia then. The presidential election is going to happen on Valentine's Day next year. And for the first time in 15 years, there are three pairs to choose from for president and vice president. What are your thoughts on them? Well, firstly, I think Indonesia is, I think it's South Asia's I think, uh, success story in terms of implementing, you know, institution, uh, democratic institution. An election in Indonesia has always been... Uh, stabilizing platform, you know, despite having multiple uh, candidates. So it's, uh, yeah, of course, it's uh, interesting. I mean, it's the end of an era, end of the Jokowi era. So it's a closely watched uh, election. And also he's, uh, he's very lucky going to have an equally interesting successor as well. Mm. How did it come to this, you know, that we have three pairs, though? Well, yeah, I think we have three, I think, equally strong personalities, popular. One is we have uh, Prabowo, who's a... Uh, at the moment, I think the favorite, I mean, he's seen as political successor to President Jokowi, you know, and uh, with Jokowi's very popular policies, I think the tendency of the voters is to vote for status quo. And in this case, status quo is, uh, is uh, Prabowo. 
I mean, that's the message I think that, that has been successfully communicated by Prabhu's uh, campaign team. And of course, we have Anis, uh, who was, I think at some point, maybe about a year ago, early this year, seen as the uh, change candidate. But um, but uh, with Djokovic's uh, uh, increasingly popular policies, it's a bit hard to contest as a, as a, as a change candidate. I think more likely the preference is mm. to keep the status quo, which is, uh, you know, voting for Prabowo. So, and, yeah. in, in terms of yeah, dividing the, uh, how should I say, in terms of dividing societal opinion, do, do, do you see that happening? Well, I think what is unique about Indonesia elections, I mean, compared to its, some of its neighbours, the election has always been uh, a stabilising factor. Okay. So there will be intense competition, but post-election you will see, you know, the people and even the politicians are working together. And, uh, and Prabowo is a good example. Well, you know, he contested against Jokowi twice, but later on served as a key member of uh, Jokowi's uh, cabinet. All right. Uh, let's uh, turn our attention now to Thailand. 10,000 baht cash handouts facing criticism from the public. Uh, why are these handouts facing criticism? Is it because it's like a digital cash handout or very short span of time to, to, to give these out? Yeah, I mean, these kind of policies of, of cash handouts always have uh, faced criticism uh, for, in this case, for two reasons. Right? Mm. One is the high cost of doing it, you know, giving okay. 10,000 baht each okay. is a lot of money. Because, I mean, in, in national budget allocation, it's a zero-sum game, right? The money is taken from one pot. Yeah. So when you take that money out for one initiative, in this case, cash and house, yeah. there'll be less money for something else, you know, mm. infrastructure, for example. Mm. Um, and also the other criticism, as you mentioned, is the, the fact that it's uh, in the form of digital wallet. Mm-hmm. So in some places, there may be issues with accessing digital wallet or acceptance of uh, digital wallet. So, yeah, so this is, this is kind of criticism is kind of expected for, yeah. for this kind of policy. Tricky, though, because when you consider this whole digital wallet program uh, being part of the Pertai's campaign promise, they're kind of making good on it. Yet, as you mentioned, there are areas that won't have access to, to digital banking. Yeah, I mean, because I think the government is also trying to narrow down how... Right and where it could be spent. So I think that is kind of, and also with limited time frame. So I guess that's also another source of criticism to this uh, policy. Just a final point. I'm curious about this. Um, So there was a group of reportedly 99 academics, economists, and former governors of the Bank of Thailand issuing a joint statement against the country's digital wallet program implementation. How does this influence things or influence perhaps the public's view of, of this campaign? Yeah, I think it's, the, 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 the opinion shared is on the, the criticism is, I think, valid in a way because, you know, it's a big amount of money yeah. and with a lot of restrictions. But, yeah, but the government has also defended it, saying this is, you know, something that needs to be done. But I think there will be some I think, adjustment to the scheme. So not so it won't be a blanket 10,000 baht for everyone. So there will be some changes that you know, according to reports over the last few days. Okay. All right. I've been speaking with Adip Zalkapli, who's Director of Bauer Group Asia. Adip, I appreciate your time today. Take care and have a great Wednesday evening. Thank you. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.